Welcome to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families coping with the loss of a child through funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the ambitious angel mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everybody. Hello, Philip. How are you doing? Great. How was the weekend? Oh, busy. Busy? Busy as always. What'd you do? Oh my gosh, you want me to... No, I mean, I don't need an itemized list. Yeah, because it's a lot. <laughs> I actually did kind of take it easy on Saturday. That was okay, nice. that's um, nice. We always have lots of family time over the sure, weekend. Sure. Uh, a little cousin's birthday party. Nice, You know, nice. small and just with the family. Intimate, but, intimate. Yes. But, no need to mask up. Right. <laughs> but no, it was good. Uh, got some stuff done at the house mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of getting ready for fall and the colder winter. And Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We had uh, my daughter's fifth birthday this week. I saw that. Little Anne Marie's. I love it. Yep. Her, her, her rainbow, uh, rainbow unicorn mm-hmm. birthday party. It was really well themed. We had she a cake. She's so cute. Yeah, she's so happy. She was so happy that it was her birthday and yeah. all the attention was on her. I can see her little, like, smitten yes, smile she was in her so, pictures. She and I'm was like, so gosh, pleased. she is so cute. And what's so funny is that John is so, like, I don't know what it is about her birthday mm-hmm. that drives him nuts. Well, he's not getting the attention. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, anytime she opens a gift, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I, I wanted that. And you're like, that was a My Little Pony set. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You know, so he yeah. really hates when she gets gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was tough, tough weekend for him, tough Saturday for him. But yeah. you know what? Whatever, kid. It's not your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> yeah, get over it. But uh, Amory, yeah, she was she was very pleased for her birthday. Aww. She had grandma and grandpa come over. She had the she had the nieces and nephews come over. So she had I a continuous it. Saturday birthday. That's the best. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then uh, Sunday we went up because we had a first communion party. So there was no chilling this weekend. It was yeah. pretty busy. Pretty happy to to be back, like, relaxing in the studio and talking to you. Good. All I right. like it. <laughs> so today we have a kind of a kind of a fun little topic. Uh, it's called You're Not Crazy. That's what it's called. <laughs> I might be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's a little crazy. <laughs> um, it, the, the best people are. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, So this one is called You're Not Crazy, and it's not what you think it's about. We'll talk a little bit about it, you know, the feelings that come, the overwhelming feelings that come with grief. We'll talk a little bit about that at the beginning. But this is more about uh, what Bryn specifically and what folks may do after the passing of their angel to keep their angel alive in their memory and kind of almost alive in the world. Mm -hmm. Because we'll kind of hit on a few of those things. And so sometimes you might be hesitant. We talk about this with sissy signs. The idea that some people at first kind of push against the fact that those might actually be signs because there is this fear that you might be crazy. Crazy, right? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so why why we like why it's good to embrace those. And mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that. Like why it's good to embrace those sort of things, why it's okay to do that. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Embrace some of those things that you have resisted because you're not actually crazy. No, I you're, think it's very normal. Yeah. It's very normal to feel crazy after you lose a child mm-hmm. or anybody very close to you. And uh, I think it's good to talk about it because I want to give you some reassurance that it's a very normal part of grief. Yeah. And you need to do what is going to bring you comfort through these times. So, yeah. 
So that that is kind of what we're talking about today. We're going to give some of the examples that Bryn uses in her life where she says, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little crazy. <laughs> that's weird, but I don't yeah. care. And we'll talk about those so maybe folks can hear them and say, oh, I do that too. And yeah. Those sort of things. But let's start a little bit closer to, to where you were actually in it. And the, the feeling crazy because of your grief part, not because of the because of the interactions you have with your angel. How hard we talk about this offline. Mm-hmm. So so the accident happens. She she passes. You are coping with all the sort of different stuff. You have a fog. The world is a blur, as you've described. How, when you walk into a room, kind of speaking on this idea that you have that you are the only one who's feeling a certain way and that makes you mm-hmm. feel crazy. How hard was it to relate to people? Did you find yourself? having a difficult time relating to people because you were having different type of experiences than they were. It's funny you asked that because I often felt more misunderstood, like people were having a hard time relating to me mm. versus I yeah. had a hard time relating to them. Yeah. Because I could still be in a room and relate to other people with what's going on in their lives, you know, talk about, you know, work or, you know, holidays or the cleaning the house, all the things that, you know, we talk about out in our daily lives. So I could easily relate to those things. What I felt though, is like, I was out of place. Nobody could relate to what I was going through. And then how do you just bring up like, well, my child died and, you know, I'm going crazy. And, you know, you have all these emotions that you're bottled up, but you don't want to just blurt them out because you do, you sound crazy. And nobody honestly really, it's uncomfortable to hear that. So, you know, I think, especially in the beginning, I did feel crazy. And I think a lot of the things I kept to myself, because you don't want to just blurt it out when you're in the middle of some cocktail party. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, So I I often felt uh, misunderstood because I think natural reaction is I would just be quiet. Yeah. And by nature, before my daughter passed away, I'm not a quiet person. I've shared that with you guys. I've always been very outgoing kind of social butterfly at a social function. And then afterwards I was very reclusive Uh and kept to myself. And I honestly felt like, um, you know, instead of people assuming it might've been grief related, they thought maybe I was being standoffish or, you know, Mm. perceiving it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's hard because you're just learning how to like honestly communicate all over again yeah, without blurting out the stuff that's like fresh on your mind. That's uncomfortable to talk about. How long, there has to have been mm-hmm. a difference in the way you mentally prepped to go to, say, a party or, say, a gathering yeah. before Rome passed and how long it took you to mentally prep after Rome passed. What, like, did you find yourself having to talk yourself up? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I honestly didn't go to very many functions mm. for a long time. Um, and I felt guilty about that because I missed out on a lot of family things. Yeah. Um, birthday parties, a lot of functions that I wanted to attend, but I mentally did not have the energy yeah, for totally. it. Um, and it consumes you with anxiety because you're like, am I going to have a emotional breakdown? Am I going to have a trigger? Um, and so, yeah, I actually missed out on a lot of things for quite a few years. And mm-hmm. then really what I think started forcing me back into the social setting mm-hmm. was um, Race for Rowan yeah. because I started attending events, obviously our own events that we host for fundraisers and stuff. Yeah. And I still had a ton of anxiety surrounding that. Yeah. So I would have to really mentally prepare for a few days. And it does still, you know, even six years later, we just recently had the anniversary of the six-year mark. Right. And it's still... Um, 
mentally wears me out for a good few days afterwards yeah. where I'm just, you know, you have to focus on being really present and uh -huh. really on. And, um, and that was how I was really feeling on my everyday life in the beginning. Yeah. But now, I mean, it still does, it mentally drains you because yeah. I think you're, you have to really be present and it right. takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, when, definitely. You know what right? I mean? To, yeah. to do that. Well, especially since you, part of what you have to do at these events, which is different than just going to say a regular gathering is that you have to prep yourself to tell the story Oh, yeah. Again. Yeah. You're right? reliving it every time yeah. you're having an event or you're going, you know, to a, a function or a gathering. Hey, what do you do? And you yeah. have to explain to them what you're doing. Right, right. And, um, you know, it's gotten easier over the years because mm -hmm. this is what I have chosen to do. So right. Right. Um, it, it's almost rehearsed at this point because yeah. I've said it so many times. So right. it has gotten easier, but it is still um, – it can be really mentally draining. Absolutely. And I think that is so – normal to feel for for years mm -hmm. after the loss of a child you know in any kind of social setting yeah um because it's like i said you have to be on and you have to be present and it takes a lot of energy to do that and not be just consumed in your grief in those right. beginning stages absolutely um, i don't know how you pulled off the first couple of years because it would strike me that every time you had an event mm -hmm. or anytime you had something where the intention was i'm working for race for rowan today or right mm -hmm. now well, I have to definitely change my mindset. Yeah, like yeah. How, how how you were how you were able to to do that because mm -hmm. you're still raising money and fundraising right. is about like interacting and being uh -huh. sort of shucking. I think that what that is right. What you said, raising money, mm -hmm. is what makes it kind of like a fun challenge. Okay. So I can think of it that way in my head instead of like the part that does give me stress is like, oh, I have to prepare a speech. Yeah. I have yeah. to, you know, yeah. do these things. But when it comes for raising money for other families that are really in really dire need yeah. of help, yeah, that gives me motivation ah. to do it. So you almost put on a different hat. Got it. Like I'm putting on my work hat mm -hmm. to go to this function and do this yeah. as a job. Yeah. And then when I get home, I'm putting back on my, my grief hat yeah. and I can go and I can, um, you know, mourn or have my quiet time or do whatever I need to do. Wow. That's a really cool, like mental picture of like it how is. you would, how you would operate on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always try before every um, event, yeah. I always try to have quiet time mm -hmm. and especially our big one, the dinner and auction. Um, I really do need like a couple hours in my room to myself to kind of go over my speech, to just mm -hmm. pray, to mentally prepare yeah. before we go out and it's showtime yeah. and let's raise some money. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause yeah. then it's like, it really does feel yeah. like it's showtime, but yeah. it's really fun. You have a lot of adrenaline <laughs> right. going and yeah. the people are amazing, our supporters. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Don't know why I went on that tangent for so <laughs> no, long, but, that but. <laughs> is, but it's true. Like, but it really points to that whole idea of trying to find a meaning or a purpose after the loss right. and how, what motivates you? Yeah, for that, that was able to change how you spoke about Rowan mm -hmm. and how you um, reacted to speaking about Rowan. Because yeah. I imagine if you didn't have race for Rowan and you didn't you didn't have the intention of like, I'm going to keep telling this story because it helps other families. Mm -hmm. If it was just you forced to tell your story a million times and like nothing came out of it except for you continuing to have to tell the story, that would suck. Like I to have to do it every time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it also strikes me, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing here. It strikes me that like, did you ever have this sort of like weird mental loop where you would go, okay, so you're getting ready to go out to a party. Mm -hmm. You've prepped yourself for being able to go out to this gathering. You've got yourself emotionally up to do it. You're going to be in a room filled with people, and you got to almost pretend a little bit that you're like mingling and kind mm -hmm. of happy. 
Um, did you ever in your brain when you got there be like, uh, oh gosh, those people, these people don't think that I am happy. They don't think I'm doing well. They think that I like, uh, that I'm not the same Bryn. So I need to do something to change that. I need to like be a little bit more. Did you ever find yourself anxious about like what other people thought of you while you were in the room? 24 seven. Really? It's a double edged sword because if I was having a really strong up day and Mm -hmm. I went somewhere and I was super outgoing and kind of my old self, I almost felt uh, judged for that, that I wasn't uh, grieving properly Mm. or that they couldn't believe that I, you know, was so put together and had my makeup and hair done. And um, how, you know, how could you really be grieving that hard if you, you know, put yourself together the way you do and Mm -hmm. can present yourself in that way? So I almost felt like it was a double-edged sword. Like if I'm mopey and, expressing myself the way I actually feel internally, then, you know, I'm depressed. Everybody's worried about me and my mental sanity. Um, But then if I, if I do, you know, share when I'm having a good day, then I'm almost judged for that as well. I've, I've gotten over that. That, those were my beginning years of really feeling judged 24 seven. Yeah. I don't care what people think anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good place in your healing when you finally just realize what works for me yeah. on the day is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And um, it's a great feeling to get there because yeah, I had a lot of years where you feel like you're not going to win no matter what you do. Cause somebody's right. always, you're always being watched and somebody's always going to be right. It's like prison almost. You're in a, yeah. just a prison. Well, and that's how I felt anxiety. for a long time. And that's really, really sad because I don't know if that's how other people felt. Um, but I do think the the pros and cons of living in a small community is you are, one of the cons is you are always being watched. So I, I feel like you're, you could be uh, judged if you're not doing things the okay. way people don't want you to do them. Yeah. Um, but the pro is you have a lot of support in your right. community and um, stuff like that. But Oh yeah. There's nobody, there's nobody who loves race for own more than, then to yeah. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few of those more, um, I think, kind of feel good things that mm-hmm. ma- that like you finally embrace after a while. Some of the yeah. some of the things that you do that 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 people might be like, oh, well, that's weird, but mm-hmm. really actually did <laughs> really actually did change it. We're going to do that, yeah. but we're going to do that after we do the segment. You cool with that? Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for another quote of the day segment. I don't have one, but Bryn, you have one. I what do. is today's quote of the day? Do not confuse my bad days with weakness. Those are the days I'm fighting my hardest. Oh. Short and sweet. And I found that on Pinterest. Yeah, so I think it cool. was just from another grieving mother. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I really I really love the quotes. Quotes are quotes are good. I like quotes. <laughs> Okay, so getting back to some of the stuff that's like, I, I embrace this now. We're going to talk more about how, Bryn, you embraced some of the things that maybe you fought originally, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sissy sign sort of things. Like, we're going to talk about this. We're going to do it through a little bit of uh, the lens of a game. Some people have played this. <laughs> Never Have I Ever is the name of this game. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up um, something, and you tell me if this is something you've ever done. Okay. Have you ever brought things or bought things for your deceased child as if they were there? 
Well, of course. <laughs> Expand on that. Tell us tell us what you've done. Um, I do think this would probably sound totally bizarre for people <laughs> that have not lost a child. Yeah. Um, but I do, when I go on family vacation or for holidays, I always still buy little gifts for Rowan. Um, partially because when I'm buying gifts for my living children, I always feel like I'm leaving her out if she doesn't get something too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, if we go on a... a family trip somewhere and the kids want a little snow globe or something. Yeah. Um, I always encourage them to pick one out for their sister that we can either leave at cool. the cemetery or yeah. um, in her room or, or wherever. We also have a memorial garden for her at our home. So um, I try to buy things that, you know, not like huge stuffed animals or like doll houses or cars and stuff like that. I mean, we're buying like little trinkets. Bought her a battery operating <laughs> yeah, Jeep. No, no. Uh, but like little trinkets that we can leave yeah. for her at the cemetery or in her garden or new flowers or um, little windmills or yeah. um, wind chimes and stuff like that because mm -hmm. that makes me feel, I guess, close to her in yeah. my own way because yeah. um, that's just a way that I think as a parent we can show our love is when we buy our, our kids their gifts and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. um, I've never I, asked you this, but mm -hmm. what are some of the things that Rowan liked that when you, when you like little toys that you would buy that she liked? Oh gosh. Well, she liked everything. She did. Well, <laughs> oh, she, yeah. was, she was, she uh, was, she was a one year old. So yeah, they liked everything. She liked everything. Yeah. Um, she was pretty simple. She would be happy with, Pretty much anything. She loved animals. She yeah. loved stuffed animals. She yeah. loved makeup. She loved hair things. She loved to clean. So okay. um, I still have, and Monroe plays with it all the time, but a little kid vacuum oh, that vacuums. Awesome. And so I've always kept it because that was Rowan's favorite toy. Like she'd be vacuuming when I would vacuum. Yeah. And then yeah. now her sister Monroe does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she was pretty easy. She loved stuffed animals. She loved, she had the little power wheels like yeah. the quads yeah. and she did have a little pink jeep that she would ride around and she was very into uh gardening with me so how that's happy are you how how cool is it to watch as monroe plays with some of the toys that rowan found herself interested in? it has to be kind of cool to see that that sort of stuff still lives on oh for sure yeah i honestly i do get emotional about it because um i think they'd be best friends oh yeah so i you know, their their interests are so similar. Yeah. So, you know, Monroe is just like Rowan in the sense where she loved to be outdoors and be getting dirty and yeah. playing in the dirt, but she also loves her pretties. Yeah. So she's always into my makeup and my hair stuff. And yeah, watching Monroe do that, it makes me think, gosh, I bet her and Rowan would be yeah. best friends. And they would probably be picking on their brother. Oh, yeah. Wyatt and poor together. Wyatt would yeah. be like Thomas, like, because Thomas uh, is always excluded. Yeah. Poor Wyatt would be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I it is. It's nice to see. I guess a little glimpse of yeah. what it might be like to have. That's pretty cool. Rowan as a you know older yeah. child if she was still here. Yeah, really, really bittersweet. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Uh, here we go. This is what I think a lot of angel parents do a lot, and that is never have I ever kept my angel's room the same. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is pretty common. Um, but yes, I do. So. Rowan's room is pretty much identical as to when she passed away wow. besides a few things yeah. um, because obviously we did have another child after her right. and that is now uh, Monroe's room as well. Okay. So I've shared this before, but instead of calling it just Rowan's room or Monroe's room, it's the, it's the girls' room. So yes. um, I still have Rowan's things in there. I did obviously have to take down her crib and I got a big 
girl bed for Monroe. Yeah. Um, and people might think that's crazy. Like, can't believe her room is the same. I can't believe you've left, you know, all her decor and the paint. And I still have a couple of her favorite outfits hanging in her closet. Yeah. I have put, um, obviously, the majority of her clothes in, like, totes and stuff and have stored them away. But um, people think that's crazy. And that's fine because, honestly, it's what has brought me comfort and I'm not ready to cross that milestone yet. Right. And I've talked to other families that do the exact same thing. And I think it's on our timeline. It's not on anybody else's. Absolutely. So. I mean, you, t- you we, when we interviewed Ayanna, she mm-hmm. literally moved yeah. and kept the room the same. Right. And a lot of, t- but that's the, that's also the very, there's, there's a lot of power like emotionally mm-hmm. in that. Uh, in, in the idea that like, there's this really, just beautiful sort of, there's these, a few things that are just not touchable. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's, I personally think it's important. I don't know that it's crazy. I think it's important to have those non-touchable items. Yeah. Like these are just always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty important. I do too. Yeah. Again, I think it is, you know, some, some people move right away if like the accident was at yeah, their home yeah. and they don't want to see anything right. the same. Um, but that's so not crazy. That's either. not crazy either. Right. I think it is honestly what is comfortable for you and what yeah. is going to um, help you moving forward yeah. and help you with your healing. And I'm not saying I'm going to keep the girls' room the same way I had it when Rowan was here forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have like little Pinterest board that I'm like, okay, well, one day, you know, I'm going to actually have to paint her room and yeah. change it from the the turquoise. It's it, Tiffany yeah. blue, you know, it's yeah. turquoise. And we have like a white, you know, banner across like a Tiffany's white bow. Okay. So I've kept it that way, but I know, you know, uh, the older Monroe gets, she's not going to want this Forever. Forever. Yeah. So I do know in my mind that one day I will have to come to terms with it's time to repaint. Yeah. And I even have it. It says Rowan and Co. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And on one of the walls in her yeah. room. So I'm like, oh my gosh, how could I ever recover? How can right. I cover that up? Right. So I already have a plan. I would paint all the walls except that one and leave it for Rowan. Oh, cool. If Monroe was okay with that. Yeah. But yeah. she seems really cool about it too. She loves that it's her sissy's room and that her sissy mm-hmm. had that room as well. Yeah. Well, you guys have done such a good job making sure that Monroe has her own identity, but then also is aware that uh, she, she would have a physical sister mm-hmm. around and yeah. to keep a relationship with her spiritual sister, basically. So that's pretty cool. It is. It is really challenging, but it is so awesome to hear her, um, how she talks about Rowan. It is like, she just knows her. Yeah. Even though they've never physically met right. here. I do feel like they have their own relationship, and that's always been my goal because I always told my husband, you know, when Monroe grows up, I don't want her to feel this disconnect with her sister. Right. I want her to feel like her sister's always been a part of her life. Yeah. Yeah. And watching her grow up and now that she's so vocal about it, um, you know, when she's playing with toys and stuff or um, whatever it may be, and she brings it up on her own without us asking, you Mm -hmm. know, she'll say, Oh, I really think Monroe would like that toy. Or Monroe's sitting right next to me in the car while we drive. Yeah, that's um, so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So I really do feel like that's how I want her to be raised is your sister's always in your heart and mm-hmm. she's always watching you and she's always with you. Yeah. Um, and she includes her when she yeah. plays. So yeah. I feel like that's also something that's yeah. brought me comfort. And it might sound weird and crazy to other I know, people. Yeah. But, but that is what works for us. As she grows, as she grows up. Mm-hmm. It's it'll normal be so, to her. Yeah, it'll be so interesting because, you know, as she grows up, she'll 
she'll internalize that a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Where she'll she'll pray more with Rowan or she'll do things that aren't so overtly out. Like, I'm playing right now with Rowan, right? It'll be yeah. more internal. But, like, it'll be interesting because I bet you she'll, like, Rowan will always be her age, right? So as Probably, she becomes, yeah. like, 8, 10, 12 years old where she's interacting with Rowan differently, Rowan will look 12 to her because mm-hmm. she's 12. That'll be really yeah. interesting. That's really interesting. I like it, though. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty cool. Again, it is what has worked for us and brought mm-hmm. us comfort. But, you know, it might sound crazy to other people from the outside looking in, but it's worked for our family. Yeah, well, you're right. There are a lot of folks that move instantly mm-hmm. because the mere memory in that every inch of that space reminds them of, of what happened. Mm-hmm. So either one's not crazy. Right. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Never have I ever referred to my angel's age as if they were still alive in this moment. So you like never have I ever said I have a three year old, right? Have you have you done that? Have you been like, well, my yeah. daughter is four. Yeah. Yeah. I this has always been a kind of a trigger question for me. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know we all get asked like, oh, how many kids do you have? How old are they? Mm-hmm. And I really struggled with. What do I say? Yeah. Because you don't want to ever leave that child out because she is my child. Yeah. And you don't want to bring up, well, I have one that passed. And you don't want to bring up, well, I don't know how old she, like, what do I say for her age? So I I really battled this for a long time. Yeah. um, Because it was an anxiety trigger for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. this was one of the reasons I had social anxiety this about going out because I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm going to have to interact with people. They're going to ask how many kids I have. They're going to ask, you know, and then I'm going to have to tell them. Yeah. So these are the things that would overwhelm me about going out and like Got being it. in social settings. Yeah. Um, what I say now, and I found the best answer for me yeah. because I went a lot of years where I would say things that didn't feel comfortable. I'm like, yeah. well, I don't like that I didn't say yeah. I have you know, a 17-month-old baby that passed. Right. Because there'd be times where sometimes I wouldn't know what to say, so I'd just say, oh, I have a 9-year-old and a 4-year-old. Yeah. Um, I don't say that now because I realized that didn't feel good internally yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, anytime I felt like I was excluding her or leaving it out just because it was uncomfortable, it really didn't set right. So um, I rehearsed what what made me feel the most comfortable. And it was, you know, I have a nine-year-old, I have a four-year-old, and I also have an angel that would be seven today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Or or that she passed at 17 months. So I always include her, and that may be uncomfortable and sound crazy to other people, but Mm -hmm. it's honestly what was the easiest for me to to say. Because you also don't want to be dishonest. You know, it might be an awkward conversation, um, for you and for the person that you're talking to. But mm-hmm. I realized honesty is always the best policy. Yeah. And sometimes that's created a really good conversation afterwards. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, obviously everybody's always so sorry and it is uncomfortable. But yeah. sometimes you connect with people that, that are like, oh, my goodness, I've lost a child, too. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. what? I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so it's also created some really good conversations mm-hmm. at points. And um, some where you're just like, okay, well, they're clearly... Oh, they're, they're, they're thrown off. They're out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that is fine yeah. because, honestly, we don't really want to talk about it either, right. typically. So right. if they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. See you later. I'm going to go get yeah. some sushi rolls. That's <laughs> yeah, totally uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't want to spend our night talking about it typically right. either. Right. So right. Um, there's a time and a place. And mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've found that, yeah, sometimes it's just as equally uncomfortable for other sure. people as it is yeah. for us. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But for me, I never wanted to leave Rowan out of that 
equation. So I always just say, well, I have an angel that passed away at 17 months. Or I say I have a daughter that would be, you know, seven, but she passed away at 17 months. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to keep that out there, though. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Final never have I ever, never have I ever talked to my angel out loud. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the one that people probably think I'm the most loony. (laughs) But it makes total sense to me because I feel her with me 24-7. So I feel her in my heart. I feel her presence with me. And um, I talk to her a lot while I'm driving, you know. So if I have, like, quiet time where I'm thinking about her, you know, I talk to her about, obviously, anything and everything. Advice that I might need or, you know, please guide your brother and your sister. Please watch over them, you know. How is it in heaven? I hope you're having a great day. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Real conversations. Yes. Yeah. But it, honestly, it has brought me comfort feeling closeness to her. Yeah. So, you know, in my grief, using that as a, a tactic to just communicate with her and feel like she's still a huge part of my life has helped me mm. along the way. So, you know, regardless if it might seem crazy to other people, um, I really do think she can hear me. Yeah. And I do feel like when I'm communicating with her is when I do receive my sissy signs, whether she's offering me reassurance or guidance. Mm-hmm. If it's something I ask her, you know, I do feel like she does give me the signs that she's listening and she Absolutely. heard me. So mm-hmm. I think that constant um, confirmation that she sends back to me, it's continued to evolve and grow our communication. Yeah, And, and yeah. it really does help me. In my healing, it's brought me a long way knowing that, okay, just because she's not here in the physical world with me, I know that we have a relationship still. Yeah. Were you hesitant to do that, to have that dialogue with her at the beginning? Is this something that over time you were like, okay, I'm embracing this now. I'm going to have full on back and forth conversations (laughs) with Rowan. Oh, gosh. No, I've always talked to her. Yeah. Um. Obviously, our dialogue has changed a lot over the yeah. years, but um, no, I've always talked to her. Okay, um, yeah, because I feel like that would be one that mm-hmm. I would embrace a lot is the is the talking thing. Yeah, because you know you would just want you would just want them there. You know, what right? I mean? So that would be to me I, that would be one that I think I'd fully mm-hmm. embrace from the moment it started. I definitely. Look and like again, that. I think this might sound crazy to somebody that maybe has not lost a child, but to other. Um, when well, talking with a- other angel mamas and daddies, yeah. I know that they do that too. Yeah, of so course. I, I, it's not crazy to us, yeah. but it might be crazy to other people. <laughs> like, oh, who are she talking to <laughs> yeah, over there? Yeah, like, don't yeah. mind me. I'm just having a meeting with my angel baby. <laughs> they like walk past you, like oh, take an extra wide turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is she talking yeah. to in her head? Are there any other things that you do that you feel like would be labeled as crazy? Well, I'm sure there's a lot. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't have anything right off the top of my head, but I think there is a lot of crazy things. Again, I think it's whatever brings you comfort and nobody else has to understand. But if it makes sense to you and it's benefiting you in your healing, I think that we all should just be accepting of that. Yeah, I think that seems to me to be the big underpinning of of this entire conversation Mm -hmm. is that and it's part of like the large conversation we're having about mental health in general. Mm-hmm. This idea that I think that sometimes people get anxious, they have anxiety because they feel like they're the only ones feeling these particular feelings. Mm-hmm. And if they like just know the kind of through line of what you're talking about here with the things you're you're saying here, these are not the first times I've heard this from angel parents we've we've talked to. Right. right? It's pretty common. These things are actually common. Mm-hmm. Now you may feel at the moment like 
I'm the only one doing this crazy business. Mm -hmm. But it really is not. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the four or five things we talked about here, you're not the only one we've even talked to. Right. Who who has done those things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the, if there were a sort of like thing folks should get out of it is that like, you're really not crazy. You're really not crazy. You're not (laughs) crazy. Like you, like, in fact, embrace some of these things a little and you'll Mm -hmm. actually feel better. Yeah. Right. Like, so I think that that's a big, I think that's a big one. I I really like this one because when you brought up this particular subject, I thought this is really good because I bet you there's so many people who are like eating themselves alive Mm -hmm. because they feel like they're trapped by having these feelings or these experiences no one will understand. And when I stopped being so concerned about what other people thought of me, I felt like going through these things that you do feel crazy about, I started benefiting more from them because I didn't care if anybody saw me or anybody thought that I was crazy. I honestly just stopped really caring because in my heart, I know that this is what's benefiting me and um, growing my relationship with Rowan and helping me heal. And I think it's hard to overcome that. But when you get to that place where you're like, you know, I don't, I don't really care if people think I'm crazy anymore because this is working for me. Yeah. yeah. So were there people in your life that helped you make those realizations that other people may, like if they look at their own lives, may be able to lean on. I would imagine your husband, Pastor Jim. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, my therapist, going to therapy and talking about these things and getting reassurance that they're normal grieving tactics. And um, so, yeah, I do think sharing them, well, even with my, you know, close, closest friends and and family and Mm -hmm. my sister-in-law's, I would say I feel crazy and getting reassurance that, no, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, that obviously helped, (laughs) but they're probably inside thinking, well, that sounds pretty crazy. (laughs) No, not crazy. Okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's nice to share the things out in the open. Yeah. Saying them out loud, saying Mm -hmm. some of your, some of your fringy thoughts out loud sometimes is it's more scary in your brain, the Mm -hmm. reaction you'll get than the actual reaction itself. Most of the time it doesn't. Like, people just are like, okay, and then right. move on. So it's always scarier in your head <laughs> totally. than, than, like, saying it out loud yeah. and having reality. This is really interesting. But you also have some advice for folks who are trying to support somebody who's yeah. going through these things. I really just wanted to share, you know, if you are somebody that is listening to this podcast on, you know, how to support a grieving person. Yeah. Maybe somebody that's lost a child or, you know, a spouse or anybody close to them and you are looking for advice um, on how to help them not feel crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, just being present with them is huge. And you don't have to say a lot. Um, just be present. Hold their mm. hand. And I've said this in the past. You know, you you can't fix the grieving's pain. You know, they have to feel those emotions and go through them. But just being present and them knowing that they have you there is huge. Yeah. And, you know, allow their pain to exist because you're not going to be able to fix it. And you know, encourage them to grieve the way it feels natural to them. So if they're talking this bogus stuff about how they're leaving gifts for their, you know, angel child at the cemetery and they bought them Christmas presents and, you know, their room is still the same, don't make them feel crazy because that is actually normal. Okay. It is actually normal for us. And then just listen and validate their feelings and their actions. Yeah. Um, Just hearing like that encouragement and validation from my close loved ones, you know, that would grab a hand and just say, you know, I think that's so special that you picked out a little cross for Rowan's, you know, tree at the cemetery. I love it. You know, 
those are the things that give us reassurance and comfort. Um, so really just being present and listening to them, even if they sound crazy, don't tell them that they are. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you it is normal yeah. in our world. Yeah. It might be not, it's probably not normal to other people, but yeah. it is normal in our world. So um, as long as they're not obviously going to cause themselves any harm right. or go backwards in their healing process, I think that we all go through that roller coaster while we're healing, trying to find what works for us. Yeah. And I think just being present for that person and um, validating that they're yeah. not crazy almost is huge. Like, yeah, almost don't be a fixer. Yeah, You don't be you, a fixer. And you really can't. Yeah. So, you know, I think by nature, most people do want to fix. Right. We all want to fix any kind of problem that gets presented. Yeah. And know that it is not fixable. Yeah. Um, it's not fixable. Yeah. There's just no, I mean, that's yeah. it. That's the only sentence. It's it, just not fixable. You that, now have to just yes, deal with it. It just, it's a really hard concept to grasp. Yeah. It is not fixable. Yeah. It's, it's one of the rare things I think in living where like, there's not a solution to the problem. Yeah. Right. right. And that is why I think people continue to try and be fixers and maybe through their good intentions, make people feel worse. Yeah. So just remember the general rule of don't be a fixer. Kind of allow the space. Yep. Now the breathing room. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that, all I have. That's really good. I'm glad we included that that segment in there. Uh, and I tripped all over that, but uh, <laughs> no one will know that because we'll edit that right out. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, boy, that's a really good one on 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 how you know to be able to get through it, and then how to talk to folks about it. So that's mm -hmm. really cool. Um, as I, as we have said multiple times though, if you are a person who is feeling these like levels of anxiety, if you are a person who's feeling overwhelmed, um, I, you know, it is very powerful to speak to somebody professionally mm -hmm. about those sort of feelings. Yes. Those folks are trained to be able to help you cope with that. Sort I of encourage stuff. it. I yeah. really do encourage it. Yeah. It, it's helped me tremendously overcome some huge milestones in the grief process. So yeah. yeah. I encourage it for everybody. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. No matter what you think, you're not crazy. Don't worry about it. Bryn uh, told you right here. So <laughs> That you're not. You're not crazy. We might be, but nobody else needs to know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we want to thank everybody for listening. We're going to have a, a pretty cool a pretty cool couple episodes. We're going to have some special guests in the next couple weeks. Yeah. We're going to talk about one that I'm really excited about, the Rainbow Babies, because mm -hmm. I, I really love talking about about that part. Our rainbow babies, they bring us so much joy. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really cool, fun, hopeful one. But hopefully you got something out of this and uh, keep paying attention. Keep sharing this with your friends, rating and reviews if you haven't done it, because the more you do that, the more, the more folks we can reach. Uh, we want to thank you for taking a listen and we will talk to you next week. Bye.